How you doing, folks? It's Anthony from the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network, the network where we have sound biblical teaching along with up close and personal uh, interviews. Today, we're going to dive into some <clears throat> some teaching. Uh, this was a question that was asked, and I really wanted to break it down um, in quite a few ways. Um, and those of you that have ever asked this question, well, how do I know if I'm saved? Uh, this is a question that uh, people ask, and uh, sometimes they're asking it because they really want assurance. Sometimes they're asking it because maybe they've had some bad theology and some some doctrine that has them questioning their salvation. And so today I want to take you through some some simple passages as we ask some simple questions um, to kind of discern um, how do I know if I am saved. Uh, first, uh, what do you mean saved? Because people ask that question, like, what is a Christian saved from? Well, a Christian is saved, uh, number one, from the penalty of sin. Um, we're saved from the penalty of sin um, because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of Adam's sin in the very beginning, sin entered into the world. If you look in Romans chapter five, it lays out uh, from verses 11 all the way through to the end of the chapter, uh, this picture of Adam, when he sinned, he brought death into the world. And and from that point forward, all men sinned and that we were all products of Adam. But then Jesus came and Jesus came um, to right the wrong that Adam um, had done. And so through one man's sin came death, but through one man's righteousness came life. And that's life in Jesus. And so that's what we mean by saved. We're saved from the penalty of sin, but we're also saved or rescued or delivered uh, from the power of sin. That's uh, Romans chapter six tells us that shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How can anyone who has died to uh, sin uh, do it any longer? And it goes on to kind of teach and show how sin no longer has dominion over us, that once we were separated from God and we were free to live unrighteously and to live a life of sin, but then once we became followers of Christ, um, we are now free to live in righteousness and we are no longer bound by sin. And so uh, salvation is saved from the penalty and also the power of sin. And then one day, we will be saved from the presence of sin. In God's presence, uh, we will be like him and sin will no longer be a part of our life. We won't have to worry about temptation. We won't have to worry about the problem of evil. All those things will be gone. And so that's what we mean by being saved. And so what does that mean? And so what? how are you saved? And so the first question we must ask and answer is, do you believe the gospel? Which means you acknowledge Jesus uh, as Lord and a savior affirming that God raised him from the dead and have devoted yourself to him, meaning you live your life for him and his purpose. Romans chapter 10 verses nine and 10 says, but if you confess with your mouth, uh, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for with the heart one believes, uh, in, and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Um, and so this idea of salvation comes from believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. But not. But once you believe, how do I know you believe? Well, Jesus said, if 
in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 25, 24 through 25, he said, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me or follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever desires to lose his life for my sake will find it. And so we see here, you can try to save your own life and lose it, or you can find it in him and, and, and you can find it in him by giving it up for his sake. Because to follow him and to devote yourself to following after him is a sign that you uh, truly believe. Uh, you can't say you believe and you don't follow him, okay? The Bible goes on to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 17 through 20, that therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trans trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And so Paul, um, as, as an apostle of Christ, is making an appeal. He's an ambassador. He is coming uh, to the Corinthians and to all those who are separated from Christ and calling them into right relationship with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And that's why we say, believe the gospel. For Paul was clear that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, and that through this gospel message, we are made new. We are a new creation. We are not the people that we were, and our life looks differently. And so the first thing you have to say, well, do I really believe the gospel? Am I, am I really living a life devoted to Christ? And so that's number one. Number two, have you joined yourself to Christ in baptism, both spiritual baptism and by water? Now, people argue over this. Is it one or the other? Well, really, they are one in the same if you understand them. If you understand them, they're one in the same. Now, are they separate events? Well, scripture uh, kind of shows us that there are separate events, but baptism isn't essential in seeing or showing uh, that you are saved because it is the outward expression of an inward transformation. Romans chapter six, verses two through four, by no means, how can we who died to sin live in it any, any longer? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, we too might walk in the newness of life. And so baptism here, Paul is saying, is a symbol of us dying to our old life and being resurrected to a new life in the same way that Jesus died for our sins and then was resurrected uh, to a new life. And so uh, baptism is a symbol of that, but it's more than that, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greeks, whether slave or free, 
and all have been made to drink into one spirit. And so the 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 baptism, the immersion in water, the covering over by water is a symbol of the spiritual baptism with it, which is the immersion in the spirit. And so the spirit and I talk about this um when I taught on this uh for our church is that it's not just water being poured on you. We're we become like a sponge and so when the holy spirit is poured on us it's soaked into us. And so it becomes imbued, we become endowed or imbued with the Holy Spirit that he's in us. So the, the water, just like the water stays on the outside, the Holy Spirit not only comes on us, but then comes in us. And so that's how we are made one uh, in Christ through the baptism of the Spirit. And so the water baptism is the outward show of this inward baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so some would say, well, does that happen at the same time? I think for some people it did. I think for other people, they were baptized in the spirit and then they went and were baptized in the water to show the outward expression of what happened on the inside. Some people were baptized in the Holy Spirit when they were baptized in the water. There, there, there's no one single way that this happens, but both are a part of our obedience to Christ, that when we are baptized in the water, we are saying to the people around us that we are dead to the old life and we're coming up into the new life. The Holy Spirit uh, baptism is something that happens on the inside of us, and, and you may not see that initially, but we'll talk about that more as we go deeper into uh, how do I know that I'm saved. And so the baptism joined together with him in baptism. Uh, the, the third thing that I think is important that we have to look at is, do you admit that the life that you lived bef before believing on the Lord Jesus Christ was a life of sin deserving of judgment? That was a life of sin deserving of judgment. By, by, by admitting that, this is called repentance. 3340 in your Strong's metaneo, to change one's mind for the better heartily to amend with abhorrence of one's past sins. Particularly, the reference is to accepting of the will of God, acceptance of the will of God. And so when a person repents, it means they admit that the way that they live were wrong. This is changing their mind for the better and then amending with abhorrence and saying, my past sins were horrible, that they, 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 they were not good. The things that I used to do, the way that I used to live was not the right way. And I want to stop and accept the will of God. And what is the will of God? He is not willing for anyone to perish. He wants all men to be saved. And that means for us to repent, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, affirming that, that He God raised them from the dead and devoting ourselves to him. That is a change of mind for the better. That is a change of course. That is a change of direction. You accept the will of God and you come forward. Now, here's some scriptures to kind of illustrate that. In Titus chapter three, verses three through seven, he says, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and the loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. There it is again. He saved us, not because of works which works done by in righteousness, in our own righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing and regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. There's that baptism of the Holy Spirit where he comes in, washes you, regenerates you, gives you new life. 
whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And so there's that picture that we admit that the life that we live was wrong. We once did this. We once were like that. But when the loving kindness of, of God appeared and, 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 and we were washed and regenerated, we were baptized in the Holy Spirit, made new, we now live a different life. Here's another one, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither sexually immoral, idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God as such were some of you. You used to be these things but you were washed. There it is again, sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. There it is again. That's that baptism of the Holy Spirit. But you have to repent. You have to acknowledge that the life that you lived before was wrong. Then the Holy Spirit washes you and makes you new. Finally, Ephesians chapter two, verses one through three. It says, and you were made alive who once were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this war world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom you also, we, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Uh, we were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. There it is again. We admit that that's what we were, but now through Christ, we are a new creation. We are something brand new. Now, here's another point that we'll make. And so is your life displaying the visible fruit and the signs of the Holy Spirit, meaning the characteristics and the gifts of the Holy Spirit? So this term, uh, fruit, carpos, fruit, metaphorically, that which originates or comes from something. And so we're talking about the fruit that originates or comes from the Holy Spirit, an effect of the Holy Spirit, the result of the Holy Spirit, the work and the acts or deeds that are from the Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about. Galatians uh, chapter five, verse 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit. So the, the effect or the results of the Spirit in your life is this love, this agapeo, uh, this joy, this joy that comes from God, this long-suffering that is produced by God, this kindness that is influenced or impacted by God, this goodness that comes out of our relationship with God, this faithfulness, uh, this, uh, this ability to believe and trust God. It comes out of the spirit, this gentleness, that this is operating in, in God's power uh, under his influence with his aid. And self-control, this is being self-managed by your relationship with God. Against these things, there is no law. This is the characteristics or the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. Do you see that in your life? I believe you do if you have repented 
and you have uh, been washed and regenerated by the Holy Spirit, then you will see the, the effects, the, the things that come from the Holy Spirit, you will see them in your life. The gifts of the Spirit. Yes, yeah, this is a, a, a word that uh, people struggle with. Uh, a charisma. Uh, charisma is the word. This X is actually a CH. Um, and when you pronounce this word, grace gift divinely uh, empowers believers to share God's work with others. Spirit empowered service to, to the church uh, to carry out his plan for his people. This denotes this extraordinary powers distinguishing certain Christians and enabling them to serve the church of Christ, uh, the reception of which is due to the power um, of divine grace operating in the soul uh, by the Holy Spirit. And so uh, the gifts of the Spirit, God gives us the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses four through 11, for the diversity of gifts, there's a diversity of gifts, but one spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are <clears throat> a diversity of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the same spirit to another, the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individual as he wills. Drop down to verse 28 of same of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, uh, gifts of healings, helps, administrations, a variety of tongues. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Are we all workers of miracles? Do we all have gifts of healing? Do we all speak with tongues or do we all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts? And yet I show you a more excellent way. Do you have the, this is important because the gifts of the spirit show us that we are walking with God because he manifests them according to his will to help those around us, to build one another up, uh, to build up the church as a whole. You know, um, some of us are, are helping one another through the gifts. Some of us are given to the body uh, to equip and build up and edify. And so we give our life away in order uh, to serve the cause of Christ. And so it, it's important that we understand that not only do we see the fruit, the things that come from the spirit, but we also have the gifts of the spirit, which show him working in our life. Do you have the witness of the spirit? Meaning the Holy Spirit is influencing your thoughts, actions, and confidence as a child of God. Do you, do you see God giving you confidence that you are his Romans chapter eight, verses 14 through 17. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, 
father, that Abba father is the influence of the spirit, giving you confidence that you can call him father, daddy, daddy. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. This is the spirit giving us confidence, giving us confidence that we are children of God. And if children of God, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Uh, if indeed we suffer with him, uh, we may also be glorified together. And so the confidence that I am a child of God comes through the Holy Spirit, giving me that confidence, give, letting me know I can call him dad and I can trust him um, more than I've ever trusted anyone else. This term to be led 71 ago uh, to, to more or impale uh, the forces and influences affecting the mind. The Holy Spirit is what we're talking about here. Witnesses, this term witness, uh, sumaterial, uh, 40, 4820, 28, to bear witness, to bear joint witness with our spirit, <clears throat> already giving us testimony. So we already say we are, and Holy Spirit confirms that you are, giving you that confidence. Finally, are you enduring, are you enduring to the end? Meaning, that no matter what you face, you are determined to live for Jesus. I, I love this word um, to endure, hypomeno, to remain under, properly remain under, endurance, steadfastness, especially as God enables the believer to endure under the challenges he allots, that through him, he causes you to keep going and to stay connected. Uh, so many people, you know, they ask, well, can can a believer lose their salvation? Not if they keep going. <laughs> Not, you know, where, however you want to argue that point. If you are determined to follow him, he is determined to empower you to finish the race. He will help you to finish the race. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 13. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. I don't have to worry about if I'm saved, if I just stick with Jesus till the end. Hebrews chapter 10, verses uh, 36 through 39, for we have need of endurance so that after we have done the will of God, you may receive the promise for yet a little while. And he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. This is pistis, the divine persuasion of God that he will persuade you. Faith can never be produced by man. It is a gift from God. It's something that God persuades you. Belief is you persuading yourself. Faith is God persuading you. <laughs> Your belief is what puts you in position to be persuaded, to receive faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of our souls. So we put our trust in God and his, his faith divinely persuades us, moves us forward, convinces us and continues to convince us as long as we are yielded to him. Check out that word pistis when you get a chance, 42, uh, 4102 in your strongs, powerful word. Uh, once I learned about pistis and you can check out, I made multiple videos on faith because it's so foundational. Go check out my videos on faith. Finally, <clears throat> Philippians chapter three, verse 13 and 14, brother, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do 
forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is that idea that I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep following the Lord. I'm going to keep trusting him and I'm going to keep pursuing Christ. Finally, James chapter one, verse 12, blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive a crown of life, which the Lord promises or promised to those who love him. <clears throat> and so ultimately, how do I know if I'm saved? Well, first, I, I have to know that I believe the gospel because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And in believing the gospel, I devote myself to following Jesus. I become one with him through the sacrament of baptism. I repent. I admit that the life that I lived before knowing him was totally wrong. <laughs> and I don't want to live that way anymore. Uh, I begin to see the, the, the fruit and the gifts of the spirit manifesting in my life, the characteristics of God, love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, meekness, uh, uh, faithfulness, self-control, the gifts of the spirit are operating in my life. And, and, and I, I, I endure, I have the witness of the, I have the witness of the Holy spirit. So not only do I have the gifts and the, the fruit, but I have the witness of the Holy spirit giving me confidence. And finally, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to endure to the end. I'm not, I'm never going to give up. I'm going to keep pressing all the way to the end. And so if you have questions about knowing that you're saved, hopefully this video helps you. Um, uh, please leave your comments. Please subscribe, like, join the channel, continue to support us. Uh, we're doing this work full-time ministry. This is what we do. And so God bless you. Remember to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Remember to love your neighbor as yourself. God bless you.